Hello, hello. Welcome to another case of Mixtape and Identity. My guest this week is David Hoare. Yes, thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 79 of Mixtape and Identity with David Hoare. David is a comedian, Twitch streamer, musician, jack of all trades, and just generally lovely bloke. Um, I was very excited to get him on the show. Really loved the playlist, and as I said on a couple of recent episodes, I really like variety in the list, and especially the first five songs. I had Whiplash from the uh, the, <laughs> the different genres that were covering. Um, so yeah, I was I was very excited by that, and some of the music in here I've been obsessed with since. So we 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 talk in the show here about um, Eric Badu and Soul Quarians, which is something I I, I didn't know much about but I've been obsessed ever since and the Go team as well is something else that I've just been yeah just been absolutely obsessed with since we've had this conversation so um so yeah it was it was a great list to to, to listen to it really was um if you're new here if this is your first time listening welcome in basically what you're going to hear is us talking through a list of songs I sent David a list of prompts he sent me back a list of songs and we're going to chat through what he picked and why he picked it the songs we're going to talk through are all available in a playlist on Spotify. So if you have a look in the description of the podcast, if there's any songs that you don't know or you want to listen to or you want to follow along, click the link there. It'll take you right there. This is a really, really fun chat. You can see already it's a it's a, it's a long one. Um, we, uh, we, we had a good old chat, uh, David and I, but it was all good. And honestly, I, I, I probably could have gone for, for another hour or two. Um, he's, David is fascinating very knowledgeable very funny um yeah it's it's just it's just a great conversation so look i'll be back at the end we'll jump right in this is episode 79 of mixed dependency with david Hall. yeah well i'll tell you in return having listened to your podcast and preparing this podcast uh, playlist and listening to this i was like oh i'm in a dead end <laughs> and what i thought i had no way of finding new music but what i've been doing for years yeah. is saving albums to my spotify right in like the albums list uh-huh. but without downloading to them or listening to them so i've just been going alphabetically through them right and i'm like oh there's tons of music for me to listen to and i've <laughs> curated it myself without realizing like an idiot so <laughs> yeah i mean there is a lot out there um but yeah, yeah. I, I normally start with the question what like how often you actually listen to music then well, so the main thing I listen to uh, musically now is my ever-growing pre-gig playlist. Okay. So I've made a playlist of stuff I listen to before I go to do a stand-up comedy show. Right. Um, which at last look had like 178 songs in it or something. Okay. And it's mostly like really upbeat music right. that gets me kind of in the mood to go do comedy or just be like in a good mood right okay be, okay. being happy or take on a challenge sure okay. <laughs> as it were yeah you know some of it is upbeat stuff and some of it a lot of it is mastodon right okay so. okay um, um when you say like uh, ever growing then so are you like are you actively trying to find new stuff or is it just when you stumble across it or how does how does that work yeah just i kind of made an initial list and i was like great and then I've listened. That was probably a, about a year ago, maybe. And then I listen to it when I go to gigs and stuff, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then I listen to it every day in Edinburgh 
across August this year. Right. And that was when I was like, oh, okay, I've kind of exhausted this now. <laughs> and I need to add more to it. And then I keep on finding things and I'm like, oh, okay, this might work. Yeah. I've heard um, from a few people, but did you find like the music almost like slows down for you when when you get used to it? Or no? Oh! What, because you... Hmm. So I mean, this this is a uh, you mentioned ADHD before the record, but um, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry to land you in it. Um, but uh, have I got ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> According to TikTok, fucking everyone has. But um, yes, but no, I. It's a, it's I, I've I've heard from a couple of people that it's like you know the the song just sounds a little bit slower. It doesn't quite have the same energy once you get used to it. Is that? that's not universal then that's just yeah maybe yeah. and also just that you're kind of like oh okay i'm listening to the song i know all the bits of it now right no surprises um yeah i guess so because i look for details and that's where i kind of end up falling in love with pieces of music as where okay there's like a through line where it's like all the little details and kind of mm. there's like a that's what i kind of try and find okay and uh so if I've then exhausted that, I once had to ban myself from listening to Talking Heads and Kate Bush for a whole year because <laughs> I that was all I was listening. In the same way that you own listening to your twenty yeah, yeah. seventeen playlist, I was only listening to Kate Bush and Talking Heads for an entire. I so I based all the time, so I had to stop myself wow. just so I would force myself to listen to like new music and other music. Yeah, and a lot of that music, I I can tell you, like you know, just the, I can the through line of those songs. Yeah, is sure. so vivid to me okay um and i guess yeah when it's like it's just going through the motions mm. so may- the answer is maybe <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fine <laughs> all right cool um well look we'll, we'll jump into the playlist then so song one mm-hmm. is a song you fell in love with straight away so you we went for mm. didn't you know by erica badu mm-hmm. yes i was at my friend robin rogers house who lived three doors down from me but they're on the same university course I went. I did music technology at university in Leeds, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they lived like three doors down. And it was really easy for me to just go hang out there, get a little bit inebriated, and then we would just basically do a thing that I kind of really miss. I haven't. I have it in my life at the moment. I'd really like to find someone to do it with. Very uh, comfortable with each person, just like taking it in turns playing a song they like and yeah. like discussing it as they go and being like oh this is nice and, and what have you but mm. being like hey have you heard this and uh when they put on erica badu i'd never even heard of her i don't think i'd really heard anything like it at the time i, I don't think i was aware of the phrase neo soul sure or anything like that and it just the the rhythm of that no 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 i just found it instantly hypnotic and i was instantly like well what is this mm. like this is the best sounding and at that point between the ages of maybe like 12 to 19 all i'd really listened to was an ever more aggressive style of rock and then eventually metal mm-hmm. and then this kind of sent me on a trajectory of just getting into like hip-hop and neo soul and stuff yeah but it, it was just like at the right time where somebody just played me something and i went whoa mm. yeah what is this and it just instantly like caught my imagination yeah it's amazing like it's so great mm. also inadvertently the first time i heard jay diller to my knowledge but i didn't think i really knew who 
that was when I, I, I would have had no idea who he was or his legacy or anything I just really liked the beat and was like oh god mm. excellent yeah it's mm. um similar for me like it's like as I said already like my um range of music listening was very very narrow I think mm. this is the the, the neo soul you said as a, as a genre but um mm. This is the, this is one of the genres that I connected to. Like I, I will connect to any song in this in this yeah. genre for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. It's that and um, disco are, are the two for oh, me. Oh, nice. Like, uh, yeah, and and anything I could listen to it forever. But it's also <laughs> I know nothing about the genre. I haven't taken the effort to actually look into and find these artists. But yeah, it's it's just ah, incredible. Um, have you not gone on, on a Soulquarians deep dive? Not quite, no. But there's like there's. there's Do some... you know what that is? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. So Erica Badu is kind of part of it, but it was you, you know Questlove. Yes, sure. From the Roots, Questlove, uh, D'Angelo, James Poyser, and oh, Jay Diller, I think. Okay. Um, they all started making music together in Electric Lady at the same time that um, Questlove was producing the um, D'Angelo's album but they had Electric Lady they had three studios and they basically had them all on lockdown uh-huh. and they were basically like okay well we've got uh, D'Angelo's in room one Commons in room two Questlove is producing both those albums and then they've got either like Erica Badu or Talib Kweli uh or like Black Star, which was most definitely Talib Kweli, um, uh-huh. and they were all just going into each other's studios and just make playing on each other's stuff. Oh, and so wow. there's a period of time where there's just all the music because they've all appeared on each other's stuff. And yeah. I think there's like eleven albums or something. Oh shit! Right, okay. Um, and it kind of it includes some of my favorite music ever. Right, okay. it's definitely. If you're looking to kind of pinpoint a place where you can find that music that you're looking for, yeah. Stuff like uh, Brown, uh, no, uh, Voodoo by D'Angelo is amazing, and Things Fall Apart by The Roots and stuff all kind of came out of that okay. era. All right, it's awesome. Perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So I will, yeah, <laughs> I'll take that away. Okay, Grant. Song two is a song that took you a while, so you went for Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Iron Maiden. <laughs> so. Uh, have you heard this song before? No. Have you heard much Iron Maiden before? No. And I'll I'll come back to it. But yeah, you you can tell me why you picked it. But I'll come back to it. Oh, so I I was the Iron Maiden were my favorite band for a very long time. Right. So I saw them live at Reading 2005, where they only played like stuff from their first four albums. Mm-hmm. And also, they're kind of known for bringing out contraptions and monsters and all sorts of things and yeah, crazy sure. stuff with their stage set and because it was like a greatest hits tour they were just brought out loads of them and it blew my mind and i was like every other kind of at that point i had like maybe five favorite bands and then after that day i was like nope <laughs> just iron maiden now i end up seeing them eight times live Shit, right, okay. i've got all of their albums up up until the, i don't like the most recent one so i just couldn't be fucked to buy it Fair. but um this was a song that everybody heralded as this amazing thing it's 13 minutes long for those of you that haven't listened to it yeah and it's most of it the first half is just the the lyrics are the words of the rhyme of the ancient mariner the poem Mm. and i just used to look at that block of text and be like huh (laughs) and i just found it a bit weird and odd yeah and it just was a bit just 
compared to the rest of their songs that seem so exciting and and like they get right to it and you know it goes in all sorts of interesting directions this Mm -hmm. just kind of just and then just the same thing over and over and over again and i was like what and then eventually i kind of warmed to it and then i saw them play it live in like 2008 or something at twickenham right okay and it was fucking phenomenal and i was like oh and they like made it seem like the whole stage was like swaying like uh, a boat and it was fun it was so cool yeah and i was like oh i get it (laughs) (laughs) but in the meantime between about 2003 to 2008 i they'd been like my favorite band and always just been like this song goes on and i do not understand it and then all of a sudden i was like oh yeah brilliant yeah I mean, there's something very special about that. I've had I've had that in moments before where I've like uh, listened to albums or listened to songs and be like, mm, it's all right. And then you go see it live and you're like, oh, okay, oh yeah, I can see why you've written this. Like it works. And then you listen to the studio version a little differently. Um, so yeah, I've yeah, because def- it conjures up the memory, right? Yeah, yeah. I like I've like yeah, I've definitely had that before where the, like a studio song will just feel a little flat to me. And then when you see it live, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. It's like the, it goes a lot harder um so yeah I, I can i can see that especially if you know if they're if they're going all out with a a rocking boat and everything that's um that's pretty crazy. i mean and they're getting quite old now at one point i would have just been like the next tour just go even if you have a mild interest i took my girlfriend to go see them because she came home this is gonna make me sound like an asshole and i am an asshole that's fine she came home from seeing katie tunstall right who she loves yeah and i have no animosity i've seen katie tunstall live she's pretty good yeah but she came back and she was like, have you ever seen a live artist be like, um, like allude to the song title with like a joke? And then they say the song title and then they play the song and it's brilliant. And I'm like, yeah, I have. And then she was like, have you ever seen a band and like naming all these like moves that Kate Tunstall did, which like, well, you know, they're not bad moves, but they're just showmanship stuff. But yeah. she had just like had her mind blown. But my girlfriend tried to, was trying to be like, ooh. Have you ever seen someone do that before? And yeah. I was like, I've seen a band turn their entire stage into a tank. <laughs> and she was like, what? And I'm like, come see Iron Maiden with me next time. And so we t- I took her to Cardiff yeah. on the um, the tour in like 2016, I think. And uh, like the whole stage went black and the screens were showing this video of the camera going through mm-hmm. the forest and it suddenly reached Eddie and he like sliced at the screen with a, an axe and then it you go back to the, you look back at the stage and the lead singer's just in this black cloak surrounded by flames mm. and my girlfriend went whoa <laughs> <laughs> and in my head I was like do you see what I mean now <laughs> I like seeing live bands <laughs> I like seeing bands like Katie Tunstall they're yeah. great but there's there's like it's like watching a musical but the music doesn't suck that's <laughs> a joke uh, <laughs> yeah um yeah, I, I I really like going to see Muse for the same reason. Like, oh yeah. yes, I seen the Muse stage set. My brother in law loves Muse. I've yeah. seen, it's basically that. If if you like Muse, it's very similar sort yeah. of thing. I think Muse took a lot of cues from Iron Maiden. Didn't mean for that to rhyme. Um, <laughs> um yeah, of the Ancient Mariner. Sorry. I, uh, um, <laughs> well done. I um, <laughs> yeah, I have definitely, I've definitely. Uh, fallen out of love with Muse more recently but um when I went to see them like the like their first four albums maybe or just 
some oh, of my nice. favorites and this... didn't they do a metal album recently they did and i didn't know they did it because i just stopped paying attention to what they're doing because it all sounded roughly the same but um sure i've listened to one of those songs i actually really 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 liked it um i heard a riff and i was like oh i might invest I, it I've kind nev- of i've never really got into music i really yeah. like muscle museum and oh this this um, may be the more recent stuff that i don't know yeah yeah but um what's the one that goes don't don't it's one of the early ones okay. it's on like origin of symmetry or something i don't know i don't know i'll work it out um <laughs> somebody listening to this podcast now yelling the answer yeah i'll, sh- Come on! I'll shazam it um <laughs> I'll just, just take the recording of you doing that i'll shazam it um fine yeah um fuck what was i saying oh i know i was gonna say about the metal song um it yeah. is it actually felt a lot more reminiscent of early muse like they're the stuff that i really liked oh nice but like slightly heavier which hmm. i don't i don't mind at all um but yeah, the sure. thing I was going to say about Iron Maiden is um, I think I just, because of their name and because of their fans and their branding, I was put off them when I was younger. Cause I, yeah, I thought... we, are, we are quite an intense bunch. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you can't see this on the podcast, but that is a trooper Iron Maiden <laughs> beer, beer runner that I'm using as a mouse mat. Yeah, um, that'll do it. But, one um... of my favourite things in the world is rocking up to whatever local station the uh the nearest Iron Maiden gig is at when you go there and you wear your Iron Maiden t-shirt there like I've been at Paddington uh-huh. which is you know a national train station that has been used by everyone yeah. and it's just Iron Maiden fans right yeah and that's intense for anybody that isn't there for that but for yeah. me I was like hooray <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I mean my I think in in not giving them a chance i really like didn't properly pay any attention to any of their music didn't really listen to any of it and sure. it's only more recently when i start to listen to songs here and there that i'm actually like it's the same with metallica actually um kind of like this isn't this isn't actually a million miles away from the stuff that i enjoy and mm. like i when i was younger was really into bands like uh queens of the stone age and biffy Clyro sure. and like sure bands that are clearly have similar influences like they're yeah. more similar than they are different but for whatever yeah. reason Iron Maiden was just like uh, just gross to me um, <laughs> just <laughs> my dad hated Eddie the Iron Maiden cover right he hated it yeah and I always got t-shirts with him on I've actually some of the more recent ones are even more grotesque because the artwork's kind of got more vivid mm. um, yeah but yeah, there are some just because I've kind of fallen out with love of them because they've got a bit old and repetitive and or Brexity as people, but um, sure. and I, I sometimes stick here or stick on some of their early stuff and I'm like, oh no, this still mm. absolutely rips. Yeah, yeah. Like Ace is high, die with your boots on. The Trooper is one of my favorite pieces of music ever, and they're all just these kind of like anthemic like guitar workouts like part of the reason i got into them was because i was learning guitar Mm, mm -hmm. my friend had played me a few songs and i'd seen them like heard songs here and there and then i was got total guitar magazine and the front cover was like we're doing the entire tab for the trooper 
Right. And so I learned it all with like guitar solo and everything and was like, oh, this is brilliant. And then we saw them live and I was like, <laughs> and it's just, just like so electric. And like, you know, some of their stuff, it, like it's not, some metal is about like witches and warlocks and all sorts of stuff where it's all that like the trooper is about the charge of the light brigade right? and Passchendaele is about the war of the battle of Passchendaele yeah and Aces High is about dogfights and it's like weirdly grounded and kind of historically <laughs> accurate but yeah just awesome and like really can sing along and air guitar along and you know it's not kind of yeah twee in any way but I do think if you're not into it their imagery does come across as quite like what yeah that's the thing I think the more I, the more I look into them the more I hear about them the more I'm like they're just nerds in a way very, oh yeah and very theatrical as well which incredibly theatrical which I didn't like, give them any credit for I thought it was just like oh this this is it is like I was like I had a you know at the same time as loving them I loved Incubus and um well there's one band also I loved at that point but we won't mention them anymore uh, begins with an L and has a P, sure. and uh, <laughs> uh, but then um, and there was a bunch of other bands at that point that I just loved, mm. and then Hundred Reasons and stuff, and then just became like Iron Maiden all the way, right? Because they just were so all the other live bands I seen sort of just played, and they played awesomely. Like the songs were great. They could do songs without those theatrical things, mm. and just have everybody in the palm of their hand. So they were already doing great. They were already performing as good, if not better, than everyone else I'd seen. Right. And then they were just kind of like, so here's a skull uh, <laughs> of a mannequin, and the bre- the the skull is going to lift up, and we're going to lower a brain down into it. And that's one bit. And uh, we're yeah. going to bring a guy out on stilts dressed as Eddie, and he's going to have a sword fight with the guitarist whilst he's using his guitar as a sword. And that's one bit. And... <laughs> You know, another time I saw them, they turned the whole stage into a tank. They've had Eddie come over the back as like a giant alien where like the first thing that appears is his fingers and the fingers were like taller than me. Right. Just coming over the back of the stage. And it's just like, they really want to put on a show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to respect it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. These are, these are very sharp left turns musically. Uh, song three is a song from your introduction to music. So you've gone for If a Tree Falls in the Forest by Bruce Cockburn. It's Bruce Coburn. He's Canadian. Oh, excuse me. But, you know, as a man who's with the surname Hoare, I identify with him quite hard. <laughs> um, have you heard of Bruce Coburn before this? I just called him Bruce Cockburn, so I think that tells you all you need That's to cool. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. So um, I can't pretend. Cut after that. No, no, like, it's yeah, fine. It's fun. just like... <laughs> Oh, so he's Canadian right. and in Canada he's kind of like quite well known he's like an order of the member of Canada which is like the same thing as like being knighted sure and he was very popular in like the 70s and he's my dad's favourite musician basically right okay so um, I'd heard just was kind of brought up around that sort of stuff but when If a Tree Falls in the Forest came out was when me and my sister were very young my dad was like blaring it all the time mm and that chorus is very catchy but also my dad was like writing a fanzine about bruce coburn and oh, going wow. to see gigs it's like where's dad going as he's going to go see bruce coburn again because my dad would just like follow him around on tour. Sure. <laughs> like a loon to the point where at one point he ended up in 
Canada seeing him because when Bruce comes over here, he can't afford to bring a band over. But in Canada, he has a band. Oh, so wow. my dad flew over to see him, was going to see a couple of dates. Uh-huh. Uh, had made friends with another guy who was doing a fanzine and got to uh, go over there. That guy had... Uh, well, basically, my dad had met Bruce so many times that Bruce was just like, oh, hey, Richard, and like <laughs> knew my mum. Wow. And would ask about us. And oh then there's like that guy, the, uh, the other guy I wrote the fanzine in, in, in Seattle basically knew Bruce even more and would like go out to dinner with him and used to go to the sound checks. Mm-hmm. So my dad went with them to the sound checks and that was beginning of uh, from then onwards until my dad died. He went to, if he go, went to see Bruce Coburn, he would go early and see the sound check before anybody else was allowed in. Wow. And when they, he was like, Bruce was like, how are you getting to the next show? And my dad went, oh, I'm just going to jump on the train. Uh, and I went, oh, if you've not bought a ticket already, you can just come on the tour bus with us. Holy shit. So we just jumped on the tour bus Wow. <laughs> so this, this, this artist has been like ingrained in our our family yeah. for a long time. I actually didn't, the, he played in the UK and all my family went, but I was in Edinburgh, so I couldn't go. Right, okay. But um, yeah, If a Tree Falls in the Forest is like, it's that and Love Me Do, basically, are the two like earliest memories of music. I very clearly remember walking into my dad's room and he's playing If a Tree Falls in the Forest. Yeah. He had like a spare room with all of his records and where the computer was and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Love Me Do, I remember driving to a local market and I was like, what is that? And my mum was like, it's called the harmonica. And my dad was like, yeah, we can get you one if you want. And I was like, wow, the harmonica, so cool. And it was Love Me Do. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, he's Bruce Coburn is an incredible guitarist and singer, and is mm. you know still going. And he's like probably eighty or something now, and right. still kind of muddles through the songs and stuff. But um, <laughs> you know, his dexterity isn't quite there, and he'll admit it. But like, he can still kind of get through it. But yeah, he has you know five, six decades worth of songs <laughs> yeah that's wild. crazy mm. yeah um that's class it's like a parasocial wet dream isn't it just writing a fanzine going to all the gigs and then being like eventually getting to a point where you know the guy and you're going on tour buses and everything that's brilliant it's the thing that i it's the thing that other people want with like taylor swift or what have you yeah you know what i mean like exactly. people it's the sort of like idea it's like it's almost like a movie in, yeah in, in, in a way like yeah it is because it just shouldn't happen yeah but like because my dad just really liked him as a musician went to see a bunch of gigs was kind of able to interview him for the fanzine would do reviews went to enough gigs where it went from like him being like going to it to it a lot mm. to then bruce recognizing him and being like oh hi richard crazy and then to to them being like oh richard hey how's it going and like his sound engineer who used to work with rush which always knocked me off my feet because i fucking love rush uh-huh. um so i was always <laughs> my dad would be trying to ask bruce about questions about the tour and i'd just be like so tell me more about rush. <laughs> um they would just be like we love him he's not a nut yeah because he just my dad is so much about the music yes. that he's not there trying to be creepy or weird he's right. just like loves the playing and really likes just is just was just so passionate about all that stuff yeah that 
which is like has descended into my like fiber of my being pretty much yeah um so amazing yeah and 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 my dad would be with bruce and people would act people would he people would like act like the kind of more kind of weird crazy fans right my dad would just step to one side and then he'd be like anyway and then i'd go back to chatting to my dad and i'm like (laughs) that's the sort of thing where you should be at that level but you're it's very odd yeah that's great um but yeah and also this song is i think it was when what year was it it's like 93 or something was it yeah the lyrics are about like Deep rainforest mist and mystery teeming with green grain brain facing lobotomy climate control center for the world yeah and there's a line which always gets me which is like how many billions of bug oh yeah inject a billion burgers worth of beef yeah uh, grainy is maintenance dispensers and you're like this is stuff that people are trying to get people to believe about now yeah and bruce was singing about it in 1989 yeah that's wild that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of like way, way ahead of his time and that sort of thinking and stuff yeah wow um yeah it was interesting i went on a journey listening to it because i um usually the first couple of times i listen to the playlist i'm not really paying too much attention to the lyrics or anything i'm just getting a sense of the vibe and stuff sure and then when i first started paying attention to the lyrics i was like is this guy mental like i'm just picking up on certain lines and i'm like oh is this is is bruce just a whack job because i'm i'm primed for that because like my dad was really into van morrison when he was younger and i had van morrison oh right yeah he's doing you know covid songs and songs by facebook and shit um yeah i mean i was listening to and then i like started to pay attention to the lyrics and like read through what they were and i was like oh okay this is like i i I get this now it's obviously yeah yeah and it's you know it's it's about climate change and deforestation and it's you know it's sensible it's obviously a sort of a protest song but it's a a fairly yeah you know reasonable point that's being made but if yeah. you want to hear a less reasonable one, he literally has a song called If I Had a Rocket Launcher, <laughs> which is from a guitar perspective. He played it at Live 8, uh-huh. so the Canadian version of Live 8, and it's just him on one guitar. Yeah. So like, I think when he recorded it in the 80s, he kind of turned to like synthesizers and stuff a little bit, as sure. they all did. Had all the different parts, but it's just him doing it all. Uh-huh. And it's just basically like about like places that are facing like military oppression right okay like the first line is like here comes the helicopter second time today everybody scatters and hopes it goes away Jesus. how many kids they've murdered only god can say if i had a rocket launcher somebody some son of a bitch would pay and you're like wow fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> come the fuck down but also and like his you know how like people do like video specials mm-hmm. he would go to like these places and do Oh really? Meet all the local people. So like, I knew that he wasn't, as you say, it sounds like he's a nut job. But he's like, you know, when people say do your own research. Yes, <laughs> it's just him with like all these like people finding out information and stuff. And he, like, he has a lot of really like deep, meaningful stuff. Mm. Of like, one of his biz- biggest songs is called "Pacing the Cage," which is just about being like a somebody who's been imprisoned incorrect like right okay against the you know for something they didn't do or something and it's like yeah 
really like hard hitting stuff, but all all played on like like lovely guitar with this that like lovely sultry voice. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. It is a great song. Um, mm. all right, song four is a song that makes you happy. So you went for. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this was when I was listening to somebody so I listened to Zach from Auntie Donna and I also yeah. listened to Rosie Jones the musician thinking yes. it was Rosie Jones the comedian right uh, <laughs> I when everybody was just talking about their like favourite folk songs and indie songs and then I was like oh I've sent him pon 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 <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. I've had I mean if this is I've definitely had some, like, some pon 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 by Kyra Pamu Pamu yes sorry so, yeah. But, yeah I've I've had I've had I've had some j-pop on the show before a few k-pop songs oh, so yeah yes. it's cool it, it 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 fits in but um <laughs> so yeah just 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 musically it's just a very funny list especially like the first five songs i would say are like some of the hardest left turns thank you yeah oh yeah i mean i've seen just like looking at the list row. again yeah it just keeps going yeah it's brilliant yeah um that's kind of where i that's where i dwell yes <laughs> <laughs> you said you have adhd yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I remember once my iPod, when I had an iPod, shuffled between um, Slayer, The Saturdays, and I think Iron Maiden or something. Right. And I didn't bat an eyelid. Yeah. And then I looked back at it and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Some people might find that a bit jarring, but I was like, oh, another great song. <laughs> yeah. I, Have I, you I, heard of this song before? No, I hadn't. Had you okay? My main question to you is: Did you watch the music video? No, I didn't. Okay, because um, I, that the way I discovered it was drunk at a party where we had the sound, okay. the computer hooked up to like big speakers, and so everyone was listening to it. But my friend went, "Have you guys seen the Way Way Pon 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 video?" And it is the most mental video I think I'd ever seen at that point. Right, where it's got that kind of J-pop colory, colorful vibe. Mm-hmm. And the main lady is made up very pre- precisely to kind of have that kind of like almost schoolgirl kind of like ambivalent age yeah. thing. And then in the background is like a faceless, ambivalent, gendered person in a pink bodysuit with a blonde wig. But their face is like, must have been green screen because it's got its own shit going on. Right. And then there's just like toys and skulls and dolphins made out of cgi just floating through yeah and it's just like i i implore you after this to go watch it it's like a it's like a bombardment of the senses yes yeah and that was where we kind of started with it going like isn't this video weird yeah but you would always find yourself about an hour later going you're like oh god this is catchy as all hell yeah it's so good i i, I said <laughs> okay i'm part. glad I'm oh glad, yeah I'm no glad. i'm i'm a big fan i i said this about um uh the k-pop songs i had and like it was like first two episodes i had two black pink songs and oh, i right, not listened yes. to them before and i was like what the uh mm. it's intense but i said at the time and this is like this is uh a couple of years ago so it wasn't like ai wasn't as 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 big then as it is now but i said it's it's like pop that's been written by an algorithm and they've just pl- yeah. plugged a load of shit into it and then it's like just churned out this so much stuff is happening it's sure. crazy so it surprises me 
it does not surprise me in one bit that the music video is insane well so the music video for that was actually i don't know if it's a whole style or just that music video but katie perry took influence from it for one of her tours where it's all just mental colorful stuff because she basically was like that because that's intense and cool and people love it yeah and people really respond to it and i think it's like you know how like certain kids shows have like if you had any dealings within the night garden yeah because you've got kids, right? Yeah. My niece, when she was less than one years old, was incandescent with rage. Couldn't be fed, couldn't be changed, couldn't be... Just nothing would cheer her up. Yeah. Nothing would stop her crying. We put on In the Night Garden and like that. She was like, eh. And I was like, there's chemical... Something's going on with chemistry there. Yeah. Where the colours and the sounds are specifically designed to like chill a baby out and make them happy mm-hmm. and only going to work on them and i feel like these sorts of especially this this pon song song and video is just like it's like a dopamine rush yeah yeah uh the other one is um have you seen the fruits dancing on the black screen? yes that was our friend showed us that because he likes it because ADHD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then my and then and then my friend's baby was like, oh, well, so my friend with a baby was like, this is not my friend's baby was like, David, let me tell you about this. I mean, I'm only four months old. But our friend showed me that her baby loves yeah. it. So our, ours is the same. Um, yeah, that was like, that was our thing. You know, if he was um, upset or we couldn't settle him, that was one of the things we could put on. And it just like, mm. yeah, just something clicked for him. Wild. Yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, pom 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 is very similar. <laughs> Maybe you should try playing pom 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 to your uh, child. I don't think there's any no risk. Lyrics. Yeah, it should be fine. Don't show them the video though. We'll have that. Will be trauma. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. if you like this one as well, it took me. I don't know when we were listening to this. Like maybe ten, fifteen years ago. Uh-huh. Whenever twenty twelve was. 11 years ago because yeah. um, I was working at Blockbuster at the time um, but um, <laughs> that it. only last year that I suddenly go maybe she's got other songs and I've, I, I've only got as far as one other song I actually saw it on a reel and I went that sounds like Pom 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 and mm. I was like oh it's the same lady and she's got this song called Cherry Bon Bon right okay just as catchy yeah. and it's like and I realised that she's Pom 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 cherry bonbon she really likes that dun 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 sort of sounds yeah but um just it that feels like a very like swedish production thing where it's just like you know, we've, we've tapped mm. into this one little thing that people like and we're just gonna we're gonna milk that um yeah but yeah I, Did I, you, have you seen that interview with like justin timberlake and the rest of nsync you know they've come back recently yeah uh-huh. and they've been asked about the songs and like that max martin and all the other swedish writers would just basically say like yeah no don't say it in your like Justin Timberlake said it's gonna be me oh, and they're like no right. no no it's gonna be me like yeah. you've gotta say it with a weird yeah. drool cause they're kind of going for sound over yes. accuracy of lyrics and stuff yeah yeah uh, cause the other one is um, the Backstreet Boys want it that way if you listen mm. to the lyrics of that the, the, the verse and the chorus don't relate to each other in any way um <laughs> It's just 
it's just a bunch of signs that they've put together it's just like oh i've never thought about that because yeah. i only heard it as a child and then drunk i don't think i've ever listened to it sure. not as a child or drunk weirdly uh just slightly relevant to what we're saying that's the other thing that really calmed my son down was me singing i want it that way to him because <laughs> uh i just did it as a joke one day because i just watched you know that have you seen the cold open of brooklyn 99 yeah yeah yeah. i just watched that and i just i i, fuck, I loved it and uh yeah i was just singing mm. random songs to him and i sang that to him and he went to sleep straight away um so there was a point in my life where i was putting him in a papoose going to work just up here in my office um let my wife sleep on and he was just sleeping and when he started to cry i would sing him want it that way and he would go back to sleep so it probably would have initially been the singing and then it would have been the relation to it knowing that he's in a calm safe environment yeah and that's magical yeah also kids love vibrations so actually one of the songs i've got on later had big thick bass Mm. my niece would stop crying because she would because obviously within the room you've ever seen those um there's those humming sheep yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, incidentally, when Bruce Coburn had a daughter, he thought these were fascinating, got two of them, uh-huh. and had them out on stage with the hum and used them as a kind of, like, monotonous tone and then had written a song around it because he had a daughter. My God. And we were like, not to link everything together, but... <laughs> That's <laughs> but, um Yeah. Right. What are they called? The Is it Ewan? Uh, the dream yes. Sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which sounds like something from the nineties. Yeah. You and the Dream Sheep, <laughs> but it's actually like a toy. Like it sounds like a nineties like Cartoon Network show or something. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, last thing for me on the on this song is that I just when I was looking sure. up the artist, um, I just I just find this very funny, and I know it's translated, but I still think it was funny. It's the um, the Spotify profile. Oh um, yeah. So it talks about how she started her career as a model. And then <laughs> it says she became a well-known blogger because of her utterly uninhibited way of expression that is unimaginable for her sweet doll-like looks. <laughs> Which again, I know that's I know that's been translated from not English. Uh but, but there's still a tone there which yeah. is like you can't imagine something so sweet would be able to express themselves. Yes. Which is unimaginable cool. for her sweet <laughs> doll like I believe. Which yeah, it's like yeah, it's just I think that sort of leans into the way that they're uh that yeah, J pop and K pop artists are seen on stage as just objects almost. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, uh song five <laughs> is a song that makes you sad, so you went for mm. this woman's work by Kate Bush that song makes me cry instantly I was very much into Kate Bush and I hadn't actually heard that song I think I'd heard it about and not really associated it with her right and then I was like oh yeah what is this song and I watched the music video but I watched the version so it's from the film She's Having a Baby yes um, which I've not seen but the scene for those of you who don't know have you seen it? no I haven't no the scene is basically the whole film is about how there's a couple and they get the the lady gets pregnant and they're kind of like life together as she's pregnant and planning for the future and then at the kind of apex of the film she they're in the hospital and she's rushed into labor 
but there's complications and he's told to wait outside mm-hmm. and then it's just him outside he can hear his wife struggling in another room and he's just left with himself while he can hear all of that's going on mm-hmm. and then the song is the song like plays over the top and it's like uh, yeah it's like just sounds so difficult and so hard and uh obviously the song is just so delicate and well for my taste it's so delicate and beautiful and no, just yeah Agreed. absolutely like tears tears me apart yeah um and it was written for the movie as well so the mm. there's a very if you watch the music video it makes a lot of sense even if you don't i guess but once you know that story the song makes a lot more sense because it like yeah um it was written almost like beat for beat to go along with the movie so it's it's yeah. very narrative driven like what she's singing about is basically the stuff that's going on um and yeah i watched yeah. the music video with um it's tim McInerney. um yeah there's the guy from the is it four weddings there's another version there's another version of the music video which yes. isn't the film it's yes yeah yeah, yeah. and it's the same sort of thing I, I can't remember him in Four Weddings, but I assume he's in it because I know he's in. Is it? Oh, is it? He's in Notting Hill. Hill. He's in Black. Sorry, Iron. yeah. He's in loads of Potato shit. Potato per Richard Curtis, though. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I, that, that's his version of like the Avengers. You know, yeah. <laughs> the Richard Curtis cinematic universe contains that man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, my brother and I play this game where like we 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 love doing this, being able to like spot someone in one show and be like, "That's this person from that show." Like I watched um, yes. an episode of The Mentalist, which is like an old, I know a very old show, but um, yeah, I had a fun one today where I was like, "That's the dad from Boy Meets World," <gasps> which I think was a really oh. good pull. But I was like, "That's that's too much television. That that shouldn't be something I can do in my brain." That's no, that's perfect. You also might have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, according to, again, but according to I, I love that, but um. But yeah, oh. the, the, the music video is uh, it. Oh, yeah, it is. It is tragic because um, the the way the story plays out and yeah, the the way the way it's done in the music video is beautiful. It's like it's a piece of theatre where mm. like, there's a there's a there's it's a, like a black box theatre production. Yeah, isn't it? there's a scene in it it's where crazy. the um, the nurse is talking to him and he's looking one way, and next thing Kate Bush pulls his head the other way, and they're just sitting at a dinner table. And I've got goosebumps with you describing it, by the way. I don't know right. if you can see that on camera. <laughs> That's how much I love this. Yeah. And, and then, I and then I she's refuse to the listen to she it. collapses, he picks her up, puts her in a car. Like, it's just, yeah, it's... it's. Fuck. It I is. remember when I'd first kind of got into it, yeah. I was watching it on YouTube and I came downstairs and my mum's like, you all right? And I was like, the song is so sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get you. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, yeah, this is... Uh, definitely definitely want to know the story watch the video and then it, it yeah if, if you want to cry that will work 100 percent. yes yeah yeah um all right me. song six is a song to relax to so you went for miss you by trent Muller. yes i also could have put every single song by air every single song by zero seven all this kind of like down tempo yeah which i think is like a lost i think lo-fi hip-hop has completely dominated the chill out space now sure and this early late 90s early noughties and it probably had run its course but Mm. like late 90s early noughties kind of chill out sound 
Yeah. And actually, Trenton Muller isn't really part of that. He's part of like minimal tech now. Yeah. Um, are you aware? Of, are you aware of Trenton Muller? Or I, I've heard some of his stuff. Yeah, but not. Oh right, yeah. So I, I, my two separate sources recommended me this album. Okay. And went, you might like this if you like interesting sounds. And I remember kind of going through it initially when I was still in my heavy metal phase and being like, none of this really connects to me, but I find that this song is a bit like air, which I do. I basically either listened to right heavy metal or air okay and uh i was like that kind of connects with me and i just think it's like the perfect this song missy is like the perfect use of synthesizers and sound design and it's just every single sound has been like worked on laboriously and curated to be just like the most pleasant sound and it's it's, it's got like a slight melancholic tone to it mm-hmm. but it's just kind of hypnotic and and sultry and lulling and puts me in like a meditative state i'd say yeah yeah for sure um what i'm about to say what i'm about to say might sound a little bit wanky but uh, i hopefully based on what you've said you'll appreciate what i mean Um, (laughs) but you just sounded wanky so (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i did it would sound worse than that shit that you just said Uh, no i um, (laughs) am i um i I really love Sigur Ross and yeah. so this is obviously not not the same genre but a no. similar kind of thing in that um I feel that what Sigur Ross are doing quite a lot of the time it doesn't feel like they're composing a piece of music it feels like something it's being sculpted based on how it feels mm. rather than yes. the melody okay, of perfect it. yeah I 100% agree with that and cigarettes yeah and i think and i think this song was very very similar to me it felt like just what you said about like the individual parts and how it all sort of like there's all these different intricate pieces that sort of fit together and then it's like if you take a step back from it you can then you can see what the shape is and what's going on yes i was gonna say i feel like you can this i could almost see this as a sculpture yeah 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 yeah. like it's such a really well chiseled just like there's obviously no like riffing or anything or like improvisation it's Mm -hmm. all so precise but not in a manufactured mechanical way yeah it's still like to me feels like nothing but expression yeah but it's uh it's so uh precise yeah yeah Mm. so you mentioned earlier about you connecting with or like resonating with the little pieces of songs like little Mm. bits you can latch on to so is that part of the relaxing thing for you is like your brain focuses well on i actually bits. thought about this being like i might not even be able to say this is relaxing anymore because it gets to the point where i listen to this style of music now and i just i basically started making my own like chill out beats and this sort of stuff now makes me kind of go like oh this is how i would <laughs> right, <okay>. um, <laughs> i don't know if that's part of relaxing i think that's just me connecting with it mm. and i don't know if that's an equivalence of like synesthesia or something which i don't think i have that because you know like people can yeah see colors and sure and and uh sorry like you know music creates colors and all that sort of stuff yes i don't think i quite have that but i do internalize music and kind of i can not just hear it and be like that sounds nice but like can really get into a song's kind of like or a piece of music's kind of like through line where obviously there's lots of different parts but like where the kind of Mm. what's the kind of dominant thing going on throughout and like how it kind of ebbs and flows 
Um, yeah, I mean, in my brain, this is kind of like white spheres kind of like floating around a space. Sure, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds mental. No, it works, yeah. No, just I kind of like... <laughs> like, mm-hmm. kind of like softly jet- bouncing off each other sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but just kind of moving through like an empty void sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah just all like you know this is not a piece of music designed to be played loudly it's a piece of yeah. music designed to be played softly that you listen to in like a dark room mm-hmm. with some nice lighting and you put it on and everyone around is like hmm yeah <laughs> but like because it's not because you like in contrast to like air or like definitely like lemon jelly those songs are kind of like nice to kind of sit to and vibe to like sure. i feel like this is like pure like meditative like it's not particularly like it's called miss you and i think it's got that melancholy tone sort of mm. thing but for me personally it just kind of puts me in like that kind of like mellow state that i'm you know not interacting with anyone and yeah. my i guess it, it calms my brain down sure because my brain's firing off all the time with trying to look for dopamine and this right. song can kind of like so maybe yes is the answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, look, I, I, I find that I have that with certain songs where it is relaxing to me because I'm fixated on small details within the song, which like just takes oh, me out nice. of my brain. You know, if I'm like sure, sure overthinking sure, sure. something or like my head just gets a little bit busy, then listen to a particular song will be like, okay, this is the thing that my brain is like latching on to for this time. And then... Sure. I listen to ambient music and... Yeah, have subsequently started making ambient music because that's what, yeah. like, music for airports and uh, specifically ambient music too. It's what I listen to whilst I write, right? Okay, my yeah, comedy yeah. and stuff. Yeah, um, because it's just kind of there and it's sound. Yeah, it's very pleasant and pretty and nice, but it's not kind of coloring. Oh God, sorry, it's not kind of like coloring my judgment of anything else. But yeah. also, it kind of it's sort of quite i'm able to tune into that and quiet down the rest of my brain mm. yeah yeah is that what you mean by yeah you have with your yeah exactly the way you could pick up details that's yeah. awesome yeah because i think that's quite a hard thing to do for people and i think mm-hmm. when i that's why i've latched onto that quite yeah. heavily yeah and if you're able to do that then that's awesome because i think some people find it really hard to kind of like find ways to like calm their brain down yeah definitely definitely um Okay, song seven is a song from your preteen years. So yeah. you went for Take a Look Around by Limp Bizkit. Yes. So when I listened to other people's, they were suggesting stuff from their like childhood, but I saw this as like preteen meaning 11 and 12. Yes. Specifically. Is yeah. that what you meant? Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. this is, I weirdly would say that Take a Look Around by Limp Bizkit is like my inception point for okay. music love which is not necessarily my proudest moment but sure i liked music before yeah i had kind of i had a few tapes cds and stuff there was songs i like and stuff but i was 12 in 2001 mm-hmm. i was absolutely primed to be a new metal fan right. in every way since every shape facet Yes. It was aimed at me. Yeah. It was made for me and I loved it. And take a look around coming out with the like it was 
the soundtrack to the new Mission Impossible movie and it was this cool band that had like a dude with a backwards red cap and oh the parent advisory explicit lyrics whoa what's going on here look yeah. at that that man's dressed like a zombie what's going on here and that song i kind of like i loved that and i basically really got into new metal and rock music and mm. then my dad gave me a copy of the greatest hits of led zeppelin being like this is where that music came from just as a reference point and i went oh this is actually really good yeah. this is much better and like that's <laughs> kind of how i got into wow okay music more but i would definitely say that i very clearly remember this coming out and me loving it my sister's friend sam being like your brother loves Limp Biscuit. I love Limp Biscuit. I'll make him a mixtape of all the best Limp Biscuit songs. And so she did. And that's all. I like wore that tape thin. Beautiful. I eventually bought a red hat, which, you know, luckily I don't wear anymore in a post-Trump <laughs> world. But um, have you noticed that Fred Durst doesn't wear a red hat anymore? Did you know that? My um, friends went to go see him. He doesn't wear a red hat anymore because he doesn't want to be associated with Donald Trump, which is different to Stained from the same era. And they love being associated with him. So Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> I haven't I haven't listened to this song in years. It's been yeah. so long since I listened to this song. Um, How did you feel when you listened to it for the first time now? Like again, I really enjoyed it. I really yeah, great. Enjoyed, okay. I was pumped. Um, I, I I I really really connected with the song on a like right slightly slightly on a lyrical level because uh, mm-hmm. I feel like the. The message is now I know why you want to hate me because yeah. hate is all the world has even seen lately. That it's yeah. even or ever. It's a little clunky, uh, but he's not known for his grammar. He's known for his vibes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, again, yeah, very um, Swedish producer kind of vibes. As you're saying that, that points out to me in the same way that Bruce Coburn was singing about like climate change in. 1989 Dave, I, was about about to, I was about to make that everything. exact point yeah. yeah way ahead of the time um but yeah it's wild yeah and I, I i it's a very strange energy though because it's what i was feeling when i heard that lyric when i heard that lyric what i was thinking is like yeah i, I get that kind of you know if if all you see in the world is hate if all you see in the like online is snark and people being negative mm-hmm then of course you're going to see that and reflect that back on the world um, mm-hmm. it's just very funny to have the energy of this song with how I interpreted the message because yeah. the new metal is very much like middle finger to the world kind of energy and I was it's taking it kind of middle finger to like, parents basically yeah and I was taking a kind of like guys let's be kind kind of vibe from the yeah. lyrics and it's there's definitely some conflict there which is which is interesting um but yeah well i, I do I really think like that it. there are two ways certain extent a lot of limp biscuits hate comes from the way they were marketed mm. now i also know some people that just flower hate their music that's fine i yeah, don't sure. necessarily think they're like the best musicians ever sure but like for kind of kind of bubblegum rock yeah but heavy it's so much fun yeah. like it's not i I'm sure someone can point around and show me how it is hateful or something awful, but yeah. I don't think it's really doing any damage. And no. it's just kind of just really like detuned, like, and you know, and it's the Mission Impossible riff, which is already incredible. Yeah, and they've so turned fun. it into like 
detuned brilliance. Like yeah. it's almost. Have you seen? Have you heard Corn's um, version of uh, "Another Brick in the Wall" by Pink Floyd? No. If you imagine what they did with the Mission Impossible riff, right? Okay. But yeah. like corn, that seven string down tuned guitars. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of fun there. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, song yeah. eight is a cover. So you went for money by EC Star All Stars. Yes, and I don't know if I express. Exp- I think I said to you, it's the Alchemist version. Did you find that version, or have I? Oh, I don't know if I did actually. Oh, I, I from Dubber I... Side of the Moon. So there's Dub Side of the Moon and Dubber Side. Do you know about Easy Star All Stars? I feel really pretentious no. every time I introduce a band. Every time we talk about a band, I'm like, "Have you even heard of them?" <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Well, no, because Easy... honestly, any time you ask, the answer is no. So <laughs> you ask away, man. Easy Star All Stars is a concept band where they do cover an entire album as a reggae cover. Yes, sure. So the first one they did was Dub Side of the Moon, which was okay. um, a dub reggae dub version of Dark Side of the Moon. They've also done Karma, um, Radiohead's OK Computer, Radio Dread, Radio Dread, Lonely, yeah. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Dub Hearts Band, yeah. Um, they did Thriller and yes. they've recently done Starman or Ziggy Stardub Ziggy Stardust yeah Ziggy Stardub yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then with for like an anniversary of Dub Side of the Moon they got a load of people to remix all of that okay and so then that's Dubber Side of the Moon okay and I think that that is even better than the original because they make it super duper like bassy dub music um and also they've turned money into 4-4 even though it's clearly a 7-8 song and it's got that like and that was the song that i played my niece when she was like crying and it's like oh, right. the bass okay, was so loud like <laughs> low she stopped stopped crying and stuff yeah um i just think it's like there's a my favorite types of covers are the songs that make it sound like it was their song to begin with. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, have you ever heard Biffy Claro's version of Buddy Holly by Weezer? Yes. yes. Phenomenal. And I would say that that is a great example of a good cover. And then their version of um, Rage Against Machine is a horrific example of a cover. They're very good at both doing good and bad versions. I was just about to say, I think that Biffy Clyro are one of my favourite bands for doing covers, but you're right, that one is not great. (laughs) But, you know, they made it sound like something off of um, their, like, second album or something. Like, it sounds like it would slot in right after Jagged Snakes and you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 fine. Yeah. Um, And I just, this kind of super duper low yes it's the alchemist version of alchemist remix of money by Star Wars and it's just the bass is so cool mm. they do the song they serve the song all the song is there but they've also got this like dub I don't know if you'd call it rap or M- dub MC version of their their own version of the lyrics in the middle of it in the mm-hmm. breakdown which I think is when the 
saxophone solo would be right and sure. it just just bring it that whole album i would if you like dub reggae and you like dark side of the moon yeah. dubber side like dub side of the moon is fun yeah dubber side of the moon is phenomenal right it is one of my favorite things and i at one point would listen to that more than i'd actually listen to dark side of the moon like their version of us and them has that almost kind of i think you would connect with it it's got that almost kind of like chill out style mm-hmm. that we were discussing with those like neo soul sort of stuff right, still right. kind of like a reggae sort of thing but it's it just floats and it just feels effortless yeah and it's still us and them so it's like kind of floating along you're like this is nice and then suddenly they're like forward he cries and you're like oh shit <laughs> my emotions <laughs> yeah all right perfect i have to say i i went on the journey with this one as well i felt like an old man the first time i listened to it because <laughs> I, I used to love I, I haven't listened to them in a while and it's not like a fall night love for them just haven't listened to them in a bit but i used to love pink floyd i used to listen to mm. them all the time um Loved this album, loved money. It was probably one of the songs I listened to the most. Um, mm-hmm. And when I heard this, I did have that moment of being like, "How how dare they take this yeah. song and and add smoking weed sound effects?" How, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I Instead of cash reddish, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I had to catch myself because it was like, uh, well, one, it's not like Pink Floyd would not approve of <laughs> drug use and two it's just very clever it's like it's it's a very clever way of interpreting that sound effect thing and yeah you know perfect. adding a reggae spin to it like it's it's just it is genius it's really well done and then yeah the song sure. itself is just great so yeah so yeah i did i did have a mo- i had to like argue with myself a little bit to get past it I imagine if everybody's saying what's your favourite cover when you do this podcast each time if it's something you love you must be like excuse me (laughs) who did what now Uh, who who touched the holy grail of music that I love but I because I kind of you know I can feel that sometimes when you're like yeah you can't improve on this yes and then it's like oh no but that's not what they're trying to do they're trying to do their own well yeah because i've said recently like some of my favorite covers are actually like really irreverent to the original like they they, yeah. they will take little bits and pieces and uh sort of construct the song that they think is best for for them and yeah. leave parts of the original that doesn't suit them and i much yeah. prefer that um i there's a song i there's a song called seven nation army i don't know if you've ever heard of seven nation army but uh really cover by uh, i've not listened to nation armies one through six while i understand <laughs> it there's this there's a an artist called cw stone king who's done a cover of uh seven nation army and i like i highly recommend it because there are there are parts of it that don't sound anything like the the iconic riff of seven nation army which i really really like mm-hmm. because he's just he's making his own song from it and it's really sort of there is uh being respectful to the song and then there's just there's there's an element of i felt it was almost like disrespect to pull it apart the way he did but in a way that works for him which i prefer to just you know yeah just doing seven nation army and just like you, you know incorporating that riff into a different genre of music oh here you go um 
Yeah. Uh, well, I think the thing is, is like a lot of people want to cover it because what they want is the ban. Is they want it? They've seen, you know. I've, have you seen the interviews of Jack White talking about how he's been at sporting events or what have you, and everybody's going, "Yes, duh, 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 duh. like that has yeah. become as synonymous synonymous as um, duh, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. just it's like a chant now that yeah. seems like it's been in the ether for like a hundred years, maybe five hundred. Well, that's that's years. what he said about it, right? It's like it's like it's like the, the original folk music. It's yeah. been passed on just through like word of mouth, just people hearing it and then repeating it back. And um, if somebody's doing it without, because I think a lot of people cover it because they want that and yeah. they want people to chant along, sing to it. Because that's the the easiest way to get people on board when you're doing a gig. Definitely. But if somebody's managed to take that song, which is a very good song and has like a, you know, it's it's, it's like the lyrics are that fun. Yeah. Um, and they're about something. If you can take it and make it that without having the riff, then that's that's fucking awesome. They've managed to find it and find a way to enjoy it without it being like the most obvious obvious thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. All right, song nine is a song using a karaoke, so you've gone for Wuthering Heights, yeah, Kate Bush, yeah. Uh, all of these songs could have been Kate Bush, by the way. We could do, we could, if you want me to bring me back, and I'll just do a whole episode about the every single one of these questions, <laughs> yeah, about Kate Bush, and we'll do that at some point. Um, yeah. So at one point before I started doing stand-up comedy, I was just doing music, and I wanted to be a musician, and I would go to open mic nights and I'd sing covers okay, and they'd be horrific and I would do it badly and I'd be way out of tune and play guitar horrifically and then my friend did a funny song and everybody stopped what they were doing in the pub and listened and I was like I want some of that so I started writing funny songs right? but I would still do the odd cover but full in the knowledge that it was going to be dumb and horrific and stuff so I used to do like the uh, Arthur theme tune you know hey hey what a wonderful kind of day people love it yeah fell in love with Kate Bush in this time Uh and then was like I could if I could learn it it would be very funny to try and do my version of Wuthering Heights because I used to just walk around listening to it just like that's what my interpretation of it is and it's yeah. like okay me with my low manly gruff voice who can hardly get up high what's that version of it yeah. so i learned how to do it and i remember doing it for the first time and it worked and i was like holy shit <laughs> and that used to be my big closer to end all my sets okay it was uh, it's my party piece and i can still do it now right and then when i go karaoke which is not very often. And when I do, I am at karaoke, I often don't want to fuck my voice up because it's my job to talk. Yeah, sure. However, I do, like, I also have done Hounds of Love as well, which is great fun. Mm-hmm. But I think it doesn't translate as well. And obviously you can do Running Up That Hill, but not as easy to kind of sell. Sure. And isn't really in my vocal range. Yeah. But that's kind of like whatever, whereas... Wuthering Heights is I can basically do my own version of it it's as okay. fun as it is horrific for me and everybody else 
So are um, you are you in that register then? Are you hitting that sort of falsetto <gasps> note? Windy moss, we roll and fall in green. It's basically me doing that for five minutes. <laughs> oh, let me grab it, let me grab your soul. It's just that. For yeah. Me. Okay. Um, I'll just say very quickly, you did warn me before we started recording that you uh you get a little loud and you had the mic oh, set a little low. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, it's okay. I'm just going to look at how much that pinked. So. No, no, I'm not. I was just. Uh, oh, it's not too bad. Yeah, uh, could be worse. You're going to have to use <laughs> compression, my friend. Um, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, no, that's that's great. I've 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 had a few I've had a few songs um, that have that kind of energy uh, on the show before. I've uh, mm. um, a comedian I really like in Australia called Sam Peterson. Um, yeah. Uh, he did uh, Sia, Chandelier, great. Yeah, which um, he anthemic, right? Yeah, and he has picked because he cannot get anywhere near those notes, um, which is <laughs> just very <laughs> funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. To just go to just take a running jump at that and fall flat on your face is just uh, undeniably funny. Um, but the but thing also is, karaoke it should be fun and funny and yes, silly. I agree. I yeah. hate it. I did hounds of love in a pub once mm-hmm. my friend ran a pub and i did it in there yeah and i came off stage and my friends were pissing themselves and i stood next to a lady whose husband had just gone up uh-huh. and she went that wasn't very good was it and i was like oh i was just having a bit of fun and she went my husband's much better at that and then he did the most boring because it wasn't good singing but it was just like in key keeping yes yeah at some kind of crooner song like mac the knife or i was just about to ask was it like was it frank sinatra and it was just so dull and yeah. then she was like see he's much better singer i'm like you are boring <laughs> 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 and this is not what this is about we're trying to make the pub have fun not give him a moment to sing a song he could just sing on his but own th- but that is the thing. I think if if you're going to sing a song well, it has to be phenomenal. It has to. Yeah. It, you have to blow people away. But yeah, just just to pick a like an easy song in your range. I mean, if you're doing something else with it, or like it, people are drunk enough and it's a fun fun song to sing along to, fine. Yeah. But yeah, I think otherwise, you know, going for, the, going for the what the rights is a good one. The way I knew I'd smashed it, and if you are able to edit out this name. Okay, just because it's quite a name droppy. I was at a cat party and somebody appeared, and we were like, "Oh shit!" And she got the karaoke going, but basically was like, "I've never been more attracted to you other than this moment, just when I'd finished the <laughs> the Wuthering Heights," and I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> it just made me laugh so much that it's just like because she was obviously a big Kate Bush fan. Yeah. And just belting out some songs, and it was just, it was just really, really loud. Like wow. Me just kind of because it was I, the thing is, is, is it's going for it, and that's what I like with any of those commitment things. to the bit uh, is yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's so much better. I'd so much rather watch, watch someone try and fail, or do yeah. like I'm not I'm not saying that yours is a fail, but I'm saying like people who like try and fail to do a song that's like out of their range, yeah. rather than someone you know getting on stage and like shyly doing something by the Spice Girls 
Mm. And, you know, being like, oh. Uh, Yeah, we're not even the Spice Girls. Spice Girls are still fun. Just anything that they, like, actually genuinely love. That's serious music. Yeah. It's so dope. Like, me me and my friends at uni, we used to do... I used to go, will you hold my pint? And my friend would be like, I'm not holding your pint, your whole entire song. I'm like, just hold my pint. He's like, God. And then I get up, I do the entire Red Dwarf theme tune that was like 40 seconds long and then just come back and be like, thanks. <laughs> just get on stage. Da, 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 it's cold outside. And then you, thank you. Uh, and we also would do like chocolate salted balls and stuff. Right. Which is great fun. Yeah. But it's just it's so tedious when people do it. Yeah. They're like, I'm a good singer. Or this is a song that really means a lot to me. And it's like, no, I don't care. <laughs> Do it badly or don't do it at all. Sing uh, something from uh, Joseph and the Amazing Tech, like a ton of dream coat or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. Sing something where you like uh, you can't get through it. Yeah. And I'm not actually a big fan of people be like, I'm going to do Eminem. Because then they do try and do all the rap and it's like they get a bit muddled and there's always a bit where they just sort of stand there. <laughs> and that's fine. That is fun in its own way. But I've just yeah. seen it. I've seen it done too many times. I think. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see like passion. Yes. There's a, there's another tune that you enjoy from um, uh, Nick Coker who was on the show and uh, he his song that he picked was How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? <laughs> and I think it was him Perfect. but there was someone else, I think it was him that said uh, the other one that went down really well was Happy Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not to anyone in particular just happy birthday and happy then just watch birthday happy birthday yeah That's the or, or happy birthday i worked out and watched the whole pub go <laughs> yes actually i do like that that's one of my favorite moments in any pub where they sing it you go happy birthday <laughs> and it's very quiet yeah mm. um all right song 10 is a song that reminds you of a specific place so you went for tamakun by Rodrigo y Gabriela. Yes. Now, these two Mexican guitarists playing incredible guitar together obviously really reminds me of Cornwall. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Because I had been getting into them and I was like, I believe this is awesome and kept on watching the videos and stuff. And I think my it was when my... It was around the time my sister and her boyfriend were kind of in the early stages of their relationship and he was really into Rodrigo Gabriela and he was like, they're brilliant. My dad really cottoned on to it and it was obviously just, it's such nice music that you can put it on and nobody else is going to get offended. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would go to a place called Bude where there was like a holiday home that was owned by my uncle that he would rent out. Uh, but we could take it for like two weeks of the summer mm-hmm. and we'd use that as a base and we would just drive around see every single nook and cranny of Cornwall mm-hmm. so sometimes we'd just chill out there but like sometimes we were like driving for like you know two hours or something because like there's not just going down the coast of it's not like motorways and stuff it's like A roads Yeah. so just driving down these windy roads in the summer listening to that uh, second Rodrigo Gabriela album the self-titled one I would actually say I was thinking more it's probably more the Viking is it called Viking Red or something it's possibly more even more reminds me of that because Tamakin's kind of taken on a larger life but just that that album specifically in Tamakin comes to mind mm. of just driving and the kind of winds of the road kind of syncing up with the music and all that kind of tempo and just all of my family 
it's kind of like the last time I really remember my family all being in the same car, probably just all four of us. Right. Before our lives kind of like my sister went away and got married and stuff and started her own family and I went off to university and everything, just kind of driving around these roads. Mm. Um, and we've all really enjoying it and, you know, because there wasn't much harmony with our music because my dad wanted to listen to weird folk music and stuff and I wanted to listen to rock and metal and my sister wanted to listen to Maroon 5 and I, my mum wanted to listen to the radio or what have you or Motown or... yeah you know nice singers and stuff and then this kind of united us we all enjoyed that and it mm. kind of it was very nice it just just reminds me of driving around in a passat round um uh cornwall mm. so beautiful mm. i really like those i really like that um i've yeah like the, the the my song in this category is is a similar energy. It's like it's uh, a song that reminds me of uh, driving around in the North Antrim coast. Um, oh well, but there's just there is a, just something very freeing about it, and it makes mm. for it makes for great nostalgia having a song connected to it. Because what's your song? Uh, well my my song is um it's it the song doesn't really lend itself in the same way. Uh, my song is uh, Loose Change by Royal Blood. <laughs> okay yeah um, sure. because uh, the reason it stands out to me so that so mine is basically uh the first trip that I went on with my with my now wife we went up to the north antrim coast and we we took a full day to do a 2 hour drive uh to get home because we just stopped everywhere we wanted to and it was just like this little adventure where it was like we saw a sign and we thought it'd be nice to check it out sometime we just went and checked it out um nice so it's like this really like romantic time and uh very special but the reason loose change stands out to me is because do you know do you know that song no i've never really got into royal blood but right. um i'm aware of their style and stuff right i know uh, it's all big build-ups basically yeah <laughs> yeah they love a big build-up for sure <laughs> that's what i <laughs> yeah that's what i've got cottoned on from yes. uh that band is that yes. they're basically like here we go <laughs> yeah they play rock for music. a while has anyone what? heard of rock music Oh yeah, that is. Did you see the one? Yeah, <laughs> I did, yes. I, legitimately, we um, I I I really like their first three albums. Um, and mm. well, I really like their first and third albums. Mm. And uh, we were about to buy tickets for their show, and then that happened like the weekend <laughs> before the tickets went on sale, and I was like, oh, they're just dickheads, aren't they? Um, and then their fourth <laughs> album came out, and I'm kind of glad I didn't get tickets to go see them to be honest. Um, but anyway, I that's funny. My the, friend is in the video for "Fix You" by Coldplay. You know, at the end where yeah. it's that gig, uh-huh. and he really liked the first two Coldplay albums and hadn't heard the third one and fucking hates it, <laughs> and had never heard "Fix You," and was like basically watching them play "Fix You" live, going, what "The fuck is this?" And he's in the video. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant! In the same sort of way, where like you just a band takes a left turn and you didn't know about it. And you're like, I'll see that band, and then you're like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I had my yeah. friend went to go see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and you know they just yeah, it's go all over the place. He said yeah. they were playing metal, and there were just people in this like indie club going, what's going on? <laughs> Where's this come from? I mean, that is that is 
you're you're at the roulette wheel going to a king gizzard the lizard uh, mm. i was gonna king, say with the yeah. muse thing where they've done a metal album i struggled to get into king gizzard but i heard it's actually the footage of that australian dj uh interviewing elmo and the little pixie girl uh-huh. from sesame street going have you heard of this band called king oh, gizzard yes, Lizard Wizard? Right. Yeah, yeah. and plays them there is no planet b to like kids thing which is there is no planet B, and I was like, "That sounds brilliant." So I actually kind of got into them, yeah, through metal. Yeah, sorry, um, but yeah, the yeah, your, we're you, tangent to tangent there. So uh, the end of loose change, there is yeah. a sound of loose change mm. as the song finishes, and my wife looked on the floor when that <laughs> happened, and I, I. Oh, I I know you'll like this because of what, the story you told me about it, your partner. But um, there's nothing funnier than just watching someone you love just fuck up in a moment. And just be like, ah, you dick, you dick. Um, so yeah, it just made me laugh so hard. And yeah, that anytime, is... anytime that song plays, as soon as the song starts, she looks at me and says, "Shut up, don't you dare!" Oh, brilliant. Which is yeah. Beautiful. that's good i was about um, to tell you nine different stories about how my partner does stupid stuff like that i will tell you one that relates to music we went and saw thundercat you were uh-huh. a thundercat yeah uh she so me and my friend james were gonna go see thundercat because we like many of thundercat songs uh-huh. she had heard of them changes and went that song's brilliant i should come with you yeah. i was not expecting two hours of <laughs> was like this is quite intense and he'd played all the songs that like she'd heard and definitely all the songs that we'd heard and he was yeah. still going right and we ha- and the, her and uh, my friend James had work in the morning and we were like should we go <laughs> so we'd had a great time yeah. well me and James had had a great time yeah she was a bit like the fuck was that <laughs> and <laughs> we walked up it was in Thecla have you heard of Thecla in Bristol it's a boat no. right, it's okay. a venue that's a boat Right, okay. So you okay. go downstairs to get into it, and it's yes. like under you know, obviously, 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 obviously. Also means that one year I went and uh, we saw a gig there, and it's all slightly slanted. And the, somebody in the security was like, "Oh yeah, there's water that's pulled on the side of the boat, and it's just everything slightly slanted." Oh my god! But we're walking down the stairs, and uh-huh. this person was like walking. Sorry, walking upstairs. This person's walking down the stairs, uh-huh. and we're like leaving the gig, and she's like rushing in. And I was like, "Whoa, hi." And she like stepped out of her way to let us pass. And I was like, hi. And she was like, hi, how's it going? And I'm like, it's so nice to meet you. It's like, whoa. And I pointed at the person and I went, look who it is, to my girlfriend. And my girlfriend um, was like, hi. Because what she does is I, through like music and comedy and stuff, I just make loads of odd friends here and there that she's met once and can't remember. Uh So she just went, oh, hi. And then we carried on going. And I went, did you know who that was? And she was like, one of your mates? I was like, that was Leanne Le Havis. And she had been telling me how much she'd been listening to Leanne Le Havis that day. <laughs> and she just spent the next 20 minutes going, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I was just pissing myself laughing. Just oh, so funny. Good. Just her favourite musician of that day and way more she liked her way more than the gig we'd just seen and I was like look who it is and my girl went right? <laughs> oh that's great uh, I have one more 
Uh, so oh, I was in the car with them. Um, we should both say that we both love our partners a lot, and they're great. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Allegedly, um, allegedly, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we gotta say after all stories on podcast. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yeah. Uh, a few months ago, I was in the car with my wife, and a uh, high voltage was on the radio. The uh, electric electric six, six. yes. Yep. And uh, I had that on CD single. Carry on, lovely, and. Uh, so there's like a running joke because like even though I, like I I don't know very much about music broadly mm. um and anytime there's a song that I don't recognize or like I should recognize she'll say to me you have a music podcast um <laughs> but this song came on and uh she was like do you know this song I was like yeah yeah love this song I I, I listened to a few electric six songs back in the day and I love Jack White I love anything with Jack White I was gonna say did you know that it's him yeah, yeah. and she went what and I went Jack White like Jack White's on this song I really like Jack White and she went who where I went oh, we were listening to it I was like that that voice that that that's Jack White and she went that's not Jack White that's a woman mm. in the and video got, it's a woman yeah but she got really like she was like you're like she thought that I she had that moment she was like yeah that is how you're so stupid for thinking that's Jack that's Jack White that's clearly yeah. a woman you're an idiot and then she looked it up and I saw her look at, Google it and then put the phone down without saying anything. I was like, no, tell me what you find. What was did she you about find? To, did she say the phrase, well then? That's what I would say if I was wrong. I'd go, well then. No, she just told me to shut up. Um, oh, okay. Just yeah, like, yeah. But, More um, spousal. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely one of my favorite moments because like she was having a go at me and then I was able to yeah you know we're right <laughs> beautiful in our relationship we call that leverage <laughs> when one of those moments happen we go aha leverage <laughs> um, that's good other great examples of that include uh the backing vocals on uh, you're so vain by uh-huh. carly simon do you know who sung the backing vocals of it no go back and listen to it and you'll be like oh it's just a backing vocalist and then you're like oh no that is it's basically a duet with mick jagger but he's just not credited and if you listen to it you're like oh that is Mick it's not It's not like you're like whoa you're like oh that oh, wow. just in the same way that where is the love the chorus is Justin Timberlake and he has writing credits on it but they didn't uh, where is the love by Black Eyed Peas is basically Justin Timberlake but his record company were like you have been on too much stuff <laughs> you will oversaturate your market right so he wasn't on one of the biggest songs of the year but he's on it but he just wasn't in the video or anything because the record company were like too we much? can't yeah we can't put you too much out there and you go back oh. and listen to it and you're like oh yeah that is Justin Timberlake singing the chorus of Where Is The Love never do that your face has gone a bit whoa yeah <laughs> yeah no I'll go back and listen it's excellent unfortunately um, that means you have to listen to the back eye piece though so actually yeah I'll not bother I'll take you out of your word <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry uh so yes, I was going to say, um, very nice to have a uh, freeing feeling of being in a car, very relaxing, very nice for nostalgia, yeah. but we use a lot of time talking about other shit, so we'll move on. Song 11. Oh no, is, that's fine. Is, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 let's go with, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> song 11 is a song that reminds you of a specific person, so you went for a Bottle Rocket by the Go Team. Yes. It reminds me of playing Mario Kart with my friend Andy okay uh, I think that song sounds like Mario Kart anyway even if you didn't 
even if I didn't first hear it whilst I was playing Mario Kart. Yes. It just sounds like an intro to yeah, a I Mario Kart. Uh, like those horns, like, sounds like a grom. So me and my friend Andy Kelly, who I will dox just because it makes the rest of the story make sense. When everybody after A-levels went on holiday to like Koz or one of those horrific Greek islands where they like the only reason you're there is to get annihilated sure. we didn't go on holiday and we both found that out at a party and we'd been talking about jamming for a while uh-huh. so I just went oh should I do you want to just hang out and jam so I think I one way one day I'd go to his house and another one go to our house and we started a band called Hawk Kelly 3000 um, lovely which was just the two of us and it basically constituted us jamming mm-hmm. and then listening to some music so we listened to Tamakun and I introduced him to Fugazi and he played at that point was mostly listening to Radiohead so I heard all the different types of Radiohead but some other music as well yeah. um, but the main thing that he did was basically it was like oh I'll uh, we were, he had Double Dash set up on a GameCube Mario Kart mm-hmm and he was like, do you want to play Mario Kart? And I was like, yes. It was basically the best summer ever because we just hung out. We played music. We wrote stuff together. Mm-hmm. And we jammed. But then it would always just culminate in us playing Double Dash. And he was like, I'll put some music on. I'll put on the Go team. And I was like, who's that? And then that album is now in my top, like, maybe one albums of all time. One of my favorite albums ever. Right, okay. And it part of that is just the joy I have associated with it. It's also just a very joyous album. Yeah. But that album is very chipper and happy in any way mm-hmm. and then whilst we were playing Mario Kart that song sounds like Mario Kart and it just in my head yeah. in a similar sort of way to that when I first heard Erica Badu it all made sense it's like like those sort of like slow-mo sort of like the world makes a bit more sense now yeah sure uh, moments and Andy is just one of my favorite uh, human beings to this day and uh, just reminds me of like a wonderful person at a wonderful time, sort of. Yeah, thing. beautiful. That's perfect. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't heard this. It's um, utterly, utterly joyful. Um, mm. the song. It's so great. I made a lot more sense to me as well because, like, when I start researching the songs, like this is one of the ones that went on to who sampled. Um. Oh right, I've not even looked that up. Well, there's, there's um there's like three different samples when, when you hear them individually and then you hear how they fit into the song i just have so much more respect for the song than if mm. than if they just made it themselves which i don't know if, i don't know what that says me, about me but it's just like it's magic the way they've pieced everything together and then yeah that whole album was basically record. made in a room not dissimilar to what you're sat in there by right. one bloke basically and then he got ninja in but the fun thing about that them live is that he had a bunch of musicians that all played many instruments, so they'd do instrument swapping. Right. So they'd finish the song, the guitar's still feeding back, and as it's feeding back, it's handed from one guitarist to another, and they've got suddenly got two drummers, and the bassist is now the singer and Sick. stuff, and then just like, and then they just launch into another like horrendously uplifting song. You might recognise if you played well. A lot of their songs use on adverts, so Lady Flash. Mm-hmm, sort of thing uh-huh. I can't sing a version of it because I sing Wuthering Heights the same way I sing everything um, so but um, yeah just 
that album if you liked that song yeah it's end to end and i would argue the second album is as good and then songs from the third album are even better than that but not the whole album okay personally and then it takes a slight it's like a slight dip in quality but it's like a 7 out of 10 rather than a 10 out of 10 for me sure. and the okay. rest of the albums are like still good they're just not as good and they're very pleasant yeah but it's just it's really pleasant uplifting music and uh, again they could have answered a lot of the other questions on this <laughs> yeah <laughs> poll yeah. perfect um uh, yeah yeah um yeah but and like bo- both of those songs the 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 um Tomicon and, and bottle rocket both feed into what i was gonna get to which is like this sort of the this time in life where you've no responsibilities you don't realize it yet yes. but like yes 100%. everything is so easy and yeah yeah just like spending a summer playing music and play and playing mario kart is just the i think that's ideal i associate that in the same way that people 10 years older than me associate uh like oasis right where sure. i can't wrap my head around it yeah, <laughs> but yeah. they're like love it because like that was from when they were free free yeah and they were like we've got a whole lives ahead of us it's interesting you mentioned the samples as well they've got a song called junior kickstart uh-huh. that starts with like this really like sonic youthy like like guitar and then a horn line comes in uh-huh. and it really gets like going and then a second horn line comes in and it's like really like awesome and those two separate horn lines are both individual soundtracks to cop shows from the 70s <laughs> one of them's Ironside and I can't remember what the other one is but it's like is one and then I think it's Ironside and they put them both together on top of like oh. grungy punk guitars and it's Hell phenomenal yeah. oh i really like that i got so much homework from this episode <laughs> sorry um <laughs> all right so but also i'm expanding your horizons no it's good it's great uh song 12 is a song that motivates you so mm. you went for work by gangstar yes this might be the most pretentious answer uh, and also could have been any number of the 178 songs that are on that pre-gig playlist but this was what I was listening to I think you messaged me just as I got back from the fringe Right. And this okay. is one of the okay. ones that really like dominated my brain uh-huh. I also just thought I hadn't had any hip hop on the list this, was, this is where I got to the point because I think I messaged you back quite quickly with the list you did yes and I was like you caught me on a hyper focus because if anyone's like make me a playlist I'm like I'm either not going to do it or I'm going to give it to you now and if I waited a day this entire list might be different other than Wuthering Heights so and well maybe not even so um, but that was the one that had just been capturing me but I just think it's such a rad song I kind of don't acknowledge how much Gangstar have several of my favourite hip-hop songs ever right and i really think that guru um sort of embodies that kind of idea like a lot of people talk about particular mcs in hip-hop who you know they're talking about being conscious or Mm -hmm. having a good message or what have you I always like it that people talk about it with Tribe Called Quest and Tribe Called Quest do do certain things but two of their biggest songs are literally just about how much they love fucking 
right sure. you're like electric relaxation is such a good song right but it is just how much they're like they love fucking yeah sure where and you know I, you know gangstar have like other things but they really i really do think that like a lot of guru songs like discipline and uh next uh, you know now you're my ex-girl because i'm on to the next girl because he's talking about how he has like high standards but not in like a toxic male way but in like a um you weren't treating me the way i wanted to be treated so i'm sure and and and, and stuff and i'll just work when i was in edinburgh there's a kind of mental block that i have to discuss with a the therapist once a week of like how much i deserve to do what i'm doing as a comedian yeah sure and the fact that it goes it has gone from being a hobby to my job yes and then you just meet people and they're like so what do you what do you really do and you're like oh this and just that it's like really nice production dj premier is one of the best beat makers ever and just the lyrics are like I'm going to work and watch my status status escalate. It's like when I was in Edinburgh, I'm just like, okay, just got to put the reps in and this will keep building and that'll be great. And mm, mm-hmm. So I think it could be quite pretentious, seems quite pretentious in that nature, but I just think it's a banging tune and it just really makes me want to like yeah. get my shit together in a very tangible way, not in a like, yes. I'm going to shoot to the moon. And I guess he's like, I want to be on Tidop. I want to be the, the top dog sort of thing. But yeah it's more kind of like an attitude rather than a yeah yeah you know climbing a mountain sort of thing (laughs) sure yeah that makes sense um good good to have though because like so i um i went to the fringe this year oh um, nice i and i went on the 18th so like the third weekend or something um and I made an effort to like meet up or, or see some of the people who I've had on the show, like Australian oh, comedians, nice. and um, was able to to see some of them after the show, and they were all knackered. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them is just like f- mentally and physically exhausted. Like that, they, and mm-hmm. I, for a couple of them, saw them like immediately after the shows that they'd done, and mm-hmm. just nothing going on behind the eyes, yeah. just like dead to the world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got a a, a slight glimpse. At, like, and I, I know it was you know I've spoken to some of them about it as well, but yeah, so I got a slight glimpse into just how grueling Edinburgh can be. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense that you'd need something to psych you up, both in a sort of just musical way and a all right, this is a you know this is a job, this is work, this is something. Yeah. That, yeah 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 you have to really Privileged. narrow your focus you yeah. have to put the but i always basically say like about i always like when i arrive and now i realize i do it about a week before because you start seeing people who have already gone up and stuff you basically have to put like horse blinkers on mm-hmm. and be like you're in your own lane and you have to look and i basically look after myself and occasionally do comedy yes and some people are like that sounds boring and i'm like it's that or i'm in bed ill yes do you know what i mean there's a few days of joy and then i'm just fucked Yes, and I this year didn't get ill until probably around the time you got there, which coincidence. No. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I made I went for like eight runs whilst I was there. I made sure I ate vegetables every day and fruit every day, and had three meals and 
got eight hours sleep and all that sort of shit because otherwise I wasn't going to survive and when mm. I let my foot off the gas a bit was when I crumbled as a human being because sure. I got a cold and then just fell apart and was having to message comedians who I said I'd meet up with or had bought tickets to their show and I was like I can't be there and I'm sorry Yeah, and you just yeah my girlfriend didn't come up this year and part of that is because she's come up in previous she couldn't come so I was staying with a person who had a cat as well and she's allergic to cats but she also knows that like when she comes up there unless I specifically cordon off time for us I'm basically there either wanting to relax or be part of the fringe yes. and she's just not as interested in it Yeah, and I was with another comedian who I was about to name and then I realised that their partner might listen to this and be like what did he say but uh they were like just chatting to me being like yeah she was like do you want to come to the museum with me and my mum i'm just like i don't think you understand how much mental energy performing takes up every day yeah on top of everything else i need to do yes but he obviously didn't say it like that he was like oh i'm sorry i can't yes but the way he expressed it to me was like (laughs) they just don't understand (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I get you. Um, all right, we'll move on. Song thirteen is a song mm-hmm. someone introduced you to. So you mm-hmm. went for "Future Breed Machine" by Meshuggah. This is the moment I've been waiting for ever since I listened back to the podcast and heard that you were playing these playlists to your son on the way to school or whatever. Yeah, and I went, "Oh, I've made an oversight here." Uh, and I want to know all of your thoughts but my friend Johnny introduced us to me drunk at a party when I was really getting into more heavier metal I'd started listening to like Slayer I'd moved up from Iron Maiden and Metallica to like Slayer and maybe Kill Switch Engage a bit which is not even as heavy as this but like they were a bit more shouty and screamy Yeah. and then my friend Johnny played me this there's like a 30 second intro of just mechanical noises and then like I'd never heard anything like it and it just baffled my brain Mm. and I've subsequently heard kind of more kind of technical stuff that I don't get on with because I find the lyrics too screechy or stuff you can kind of like get on board with what he's saying you can kind of understand what he's screaming about and what he is screaming about is cloning which is just baffling and it's just fun and then that breakdown is like And, I, and my friend Johnny and I were just hammered in this party, like doing the same sort of dance movement, being like, what? And I, he was like, isn't this great? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want to know all of your thoughts. Please tell me all of your thoughts. So I. <laughs> <laughs> so the podcast so, is over. <laughs> I, I I have an analogy that I use quite a lot when it comes to um, heavy metal which mm. it's it's like any acquired taste but i go back to the analogy of it's like a whiskey mm-hmm. um quite a lot of the time because the first time the first shot of whiskey you take all you're getting is alcohol and fire mm. and that's all you can taste and then the more you drink the more those sort of flavors subside and you can get into the sort of okay yeah you, you can start to get into it a little bit um this song is like if you had a whiskey and kept drinking it and then you looked at the tasting notes and the tasting notes said alcohol and fire (laughs) 
It's <laughs> it's so intense. It's you've polarizing, got, like, right? It's like heavy metal, but then you've also got this like psycho screeching thing going on at the same time yeah. as well. Um, About cloning. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, and there's a jazz guitar solo in the middle yes there is <laughs> so before yeah. a beatdown, a proper beatdown. yeah yeah so it it may take me a bottle or two to to fully get on board but um, perfect i wouldn't even yeah. say it's their best representation it's like their first song on their first album so it's right. got that kind of like icon like last track they play status yeah i would say that bleed is probably more kind of iconic now have you heard bleed by mashuga no i would recommend listening to maybe the first 20 seconds of it okay you'll get the idea it's basically that okay the thing with mashuga is is it's polyrhythms so they're all playing kind of different rhythms at the same time and it's incredibly technical and it's all played so it's a go to bed alarm on my phone uh it's uh it's all very technical but it is also and it's played on like eight string guitars but it's just pulverizing yes. and it's so i always equate metal to like curry right so like what's the like spiciest you can go where you still enjoy the flavor Yes, okay, yes. But that's yeah. because I, I exist in the metal. I have, like, I was born of the metal. But, like, I always see equate metal as if you think that it's yelling at you, it is. But if you think it's yelling with you or for you, it is. Right. Like, some people are like, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, oh, I see that person standing next to me. Yes. I've okay. got a playlist on my phone from Spotify that's just called Meshuggah. And whenever I'm angry, I listen to that and I feel way better. Mm. it's just so cathartic yes and it's just somebody is like like i always say that angel of death is the most appropriate response to the holocaust i've heard right where slayer angel of death begins with him going like ah and you're like just horrific like screaming whilst it's just pulverizing drums and i'm like that's how i feel that is that's art yes sure and like this the sugar kind of it talks about intense subjects and stuff but it's it's the it's like it's like there is metal that's heavier than that that mm. i find it's like having a i'm gonna say a jow phrase not knowing my curries well enough but like something that i find too spicy where i can't actually enjoy the flavor of the yes yeah i get you of the curry mm-hmm. whereas if i have like a really nice biryani or something that is quite spicy but not necessarily gonna like make it unbearable and yeah i think i enjoy the intensity of the spice and the flavor of the sugar <laughs> as it yes. were. okay um and i'm fully aware that it's not for everyone and that's part of the reason i kind of enjoy it is that it gives yeah. me that kind of like this is for me yeah but it you know it answered the question who does yeah, it remind absolutely. me of it always reminds me of my friend johnny it also reminds me of my best mate's little brother who got into it as well and he was like have you heard of this band called Meshuggah and I was like I have and then because that riff comes in and then that drums are so angular yeah afterwards they don't make any sense when you first hear it you're like what are they two different songs playing at the same time <laughs> um and so yeah. I'm sorry that I put you through it 
but no, sorry, <laughs> it's that's how I get rage out. Some people do boxing or screaming or yeah, go for a long walk. I listen to my sugar and I feel way better. Do you know, what? like I'm glad you picked it. Oh, like purely for what you just said there about someone screaming with you rather than at you. Mm. I've never really considered that before, and that's a really mm. interesting take on heavy metal. That yeah. I don't makes, know if anybody else has ever sense. coined that. I thought of that a long time ago, and I feel like I should do like a YouTube lecture, no, like a YouTube essay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of think about it. That is my theory with metal is it's basically like, this is my, you know, like in University Challenge when they go like, nominate Smith, and it's the person next to you who actually says the answer rather than you. Yes. I'm like, yeah, yeah. nominate my sugar. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, thanks, Frederick, and and everybody. That's great. That makes me feel. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I like that. <laughs> um, all right, song fourteen is a song you mm-hmm. wouldn't expect to like. So you went for up by the Saturdays. Yes, I. It was a toss up between this and uh, two girls allowed songs, which are uh, the show and. Um, sexy sexy no 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 just manufactured pop girl bands from the late noughties is such a period of my life where I was such a music snob right and was so into like either heavy metal or like hip hop um and that was you know or like dance music mm-hmm. hated when i was out in a club and it's all popular and it's all you know it was peak x factor um yeah like the voice sort of times the saturdays contains two members of s club 8 you know s club juniors or whatever Mm-hmm. which is like you know how can you have a more manufactured group then <laughs> it's a child's version of s club seven and they had their own tv show and stuff and God, yet yeah. they yeah. came out i was like 19 20 21 mm-hmm. in a house full of lads who were like Ooh, so fit yeah but that can only take you so far sure in terms of like listening you know appreciating a song mm. The Saturdays seem to just stay in rotation on my iPod and through to my uh, Spotify. And my girlfriend always starts pissing herself whenever a Saturday songs come on and I sing it word for word. <laughs> and I guess this is just like the most popular one of them. But there's a few songs by them that I can yeah. really get behind. And it always, and if I stop to think about it, I'm like, oh yeah. Like a forgotten girl band that were just kind of pumped out to like make some people some money. Yeah. Yeah. Um This this song is so strange to me. Mm. It feels and I apologies in advance. That's fine. It's like edging this song <laughs> because it, the the bass that don't do doesn't go anywhere. 
Like yeah. it goes into different segments of the song, but th- like yeah, and also it's... the beeping is just and it's the same all the way through. I would it's... say that they have better examples of songs. They've got a song, and not like so they introduced me to just can't get enough. They did they covered that oh, yeah. for like Red Nose Day, and that's how I discovered that song. And I was uh-huh. like, what is this song? And I was like, oh, actually, just the Pashmo version is better. Yeah. They've also got a song called Is This Love? And the synth line is sampled from a Yazoo song or something. Right, okay. Which is, again, like a Depeche Mode offshoot sort of thing. Uh-huh. And then they've got another. They've got other songs that I've played to my friends who are like really into like electronica. Yes. And they're like, who is this? And I'm like, the Saturdays. And they're like, what? <laughs> And up kind of, it kind of, it's like nearly there, not quite the same. But as yeah. you say, it's quite monotonous. Yeah, it's like, so I really liked all American Rejects when I was younger. And then I <laughs> listened to them again recently. And I was watch, I was like watching a music video. I was like, this song goes so soft. Like they yeah. could, they could all play this song without moving 95% of their body. Yeah. Every single one of them was like, a dirty little secret. It was dirty little secret. That's exactly what it was. Because <laughs> I remember rocking out to that song, like down, 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 and then I listened to it again. It's like, what, what? It's it's so vanilla. Um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah. yeah, listen to this. It was like, I it's it's like it's like the band are like amping up a crowd, but nothing's happening behind them. Sure. It's like them getting really excited, but the pyrotechnics haven't gone off. The 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 it's quite flat, line, as you're t- saying. Yeah, yeah. The, the I still whole love it. Yeah, no, like it, it's it's a it's a fun song, but it's just like it's just very funny to me when the, it's like they're going whoa whoa, and the rest of the song is just still going bum 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 bum. It's like no one's told the rest of the song that they need to pick up the energy. <laughs> it's great though. It reminds there's um there's, there's another That's guest really I've had on re- which is um there's a an artist I've had on called boy junior who is um yeah. uh, an american artist um i'm a big fan but they used to do a lot of like tiktok videos and uh, mm-hmm. skit, skits and stuff and one of the things that they used to do quite a lot was like putting on uh just get like uh, oh let's listen to some music what do you want to listen to and then putting on a song and then like just fucking with the intro so it never actually kicks in so oh, like nice. um uh panic at the disco uh, yeah what's that song called I write since not tragedy. Yes, so so what they're playing is but but it never kicks in, and then it like it just the camera just like slowly zooms in on their face as as they're like, yeah, that sounds perfect. And there's another one like Black Welcome to the Black Parade, where it's that piano, but it just yeah, it just continually goes down instead of like repeating. It just the ding 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 ding. Ding ding ding, <laughs> ding ding ding. It's great, uh, but yeah, that's why I was thinking about when I was listening to the Saturdays. But so it is, it is a fun song. I do, I it do, is a fun I did song. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Song fifteen is the song yes. you think everyone should listen to. So yeah. you're for uh, "Morning Light" by Nubian Twist, featuring Ria Moran. Yeah. Just plug a mate. Why not plug a mate? <laughs> is this me? <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, some people I went to university with. There was basically a party on our road, uh-huh. 
and I didn't go, but my flatmate did. Met some friends that could play like Rodrigo and Gabriela. And we were like, oh shit. So we went to one of their gigs and all of their friends were there and I made friends with them. And one of, two of them got on really well with, well, I got on with all of them, but like two of them who were in that group. I visited Leeds again, because I went to University of Leeds about a year later and stayed with them. And they were like, are you here tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, do you want to come see our band? And I was like, yeah, sure. So, and it was like, they had played together, but it was the first time they'd played under the name Nubian Twist. And I was like, oh, fuck, like four piece horn section. At that yeah. point, they had a DJ. They've had many members in and out. They've now played on like Jules Holland and shit. And I'm wow. like, that's my mate that I used to get uh, intoxicated with and have some, you know, some of the best musicians I know sort of stuff. Yeah. But they're just fucking phenomenal. And, you know, sometimes you know somebody who has a band, a TV show, a film or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah. congratulations. And you don't necessarily vibe with it, but you're happy for them. Uh-huh. They've consistently put out music where I'm like, this is fucking phenomenal yeah. and I remember when Morning Light came out and they've got a live video of them playing it somewhere at a studio uh-huh. and I remember playing it on my Twitch stream and everyone was like well this is fucking delightful Yeah. and I was like yeah it is I would listen to this if it wasn't my ma- like me and my girlfriend we went one time and we were stood near the merch stand and then one of them came up to us and was like can you just watch the merch stand whilst we're on because we've had some stuff nicked recently and we were like yeah and then my girlfriend went what if somebody wants to buy something and they were like oh uh, and so it showed us just in case and we ended up running the merch stand for the rest of the night and then the next time we went they just got us in for free and we ran the merch stand for the rest of the evening wow. which resulted in one of my favourite moments at a gig ever where my friend when Nick had basically started singing some of the songs and he was on stage singing his song he's having his big moment his uh-huh. phone what we was what we were using for the eyes at all right for the do the merch and his alarm had gone off on his phone that said go to bed as he's in the middle of like pouring his heart out <laughs> 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 we laughed so much <laughs> and yeah and we just like uh, but yeah that's off their last album right uh, and it's great and Rhea Morgan was a great uh, singer as well and it's just fantastic vibes and I think they can play that song upbeat hype and make people dance and they can play it like mellow yeah and it can, it's a perfect like Sunday morning sort of I, tune it's, yeah it's so good mm. I and and I, I get that you've picked it to plug me but like, I would have happily i would happily accept this as an answer just because it's a fucking great song mm. and everyone should listen to it it is unbelievably it's so smooth so yeah. nice i love songs that um fit a number of particular a number of vibes and yeah. i think you could do a lot with this song um yeah please don't see this as i'm just trying to plug my mate and for no reason <laughs> like i think you should I mean, hear this because i looked them up and they're somebody like somebody i love yeah being yeah. phenomenal it's not what like they're say, unsuccessful I looked up. Yeah, no, no, like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not like they're they, you know, they really need this boost from from my podcast to make it. But 
when um, they did Jules Holland, I flipped the fuck out. When we were at Shambhala, they were like, mm-hmm. oh, we just did Meltdown Festival. And I was like, what's that? I was like, we were handpicked by David Byrne. And I was like, fuck off. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Wow. Um, isn't that crazy? And they've done lots of other cool shit. They just uh-huh. played with Sheik on uh, in Leeds. And it was, get this, right, for a David Hall gig that didn't go to go because I was penniless and it was just before Edinburgh. And I'm still pissing myself that I didn't go. Nubian Twist Open. Go team. Chic. Couldn't go. Oh. <laughs> I've seen all of them at least twice. Okay. That's, I've seen yeah. Chic twice. I've seen the go team. Okay. T- two or three times. And I've seen Nubian Twist like I don't know, yeah. ten times or something. Okay, more. that that but, that makes it a little bit better. But that is a great, just that great whole combo. evening would have been delightful. And there's no telling that I couldn't have been like, I need to come backstage with you and meet Nar Rogers today, please, my hero, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because so you can end up with those jammy moments sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Oh, I'm really glad you like them. Like, like your dad. Yeah. I mean, you had... So I listened... You messaged me. Uh-huh. And I went, who the fuck is this? And I clicked on it. And I scrolled down. And I had a picture of Zach from Auntie Donna. And I went, oh. Very good. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Since then, I went and saw Auntie Donna. Oh. And... But I run a show in Bristol called Chops. Subtle plug. Uh, uh-huh. A new material show that we run once a week in Bristol. Uh, yeah. Uh, Stu Goldsmith does the Comedians Comedian podcast and knows all the comedians in the world uh-huh. I didn't know he was going to be at this Auntie Donna show so I walked in and I just bisected him uh-huh. and I was like oh. and he was like do you want to come backstage on the break so I've now met Zach and Broden and everyone because oh, I was just in the right place at the right time so these weird serendipitous moments do happen I actually met Zach just after the show had finished and he was basically stripping with sweat, had taken his top off, but saw me and Drew and was holding his like shirt over him <laughs> like a shirt, but he wasn't actually wearing it. And I remember listening to your podcast where he talked about how he just loves chatting, as you can see, yeah. sort of similar. Yeah. Like, um, Mark mm-hmm. was there for like two minutes and then fucked off. I think Zach chatted just like 15 minutes pretending to wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, we need to go. And he's like, okay, bye. Yeah. But I, and he talked about the podcast that he did with the the Lewis, the the podcast about the guy who, actor, who does all the films. But I got all that information from listening to your podcast and then he just confirmed it all in person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a lovely note to end on. So, do you have anything that you want to plug or promote? What have you done? Tons of things. <laughs> I'm it. a grinding working comedian. <laughs> um, I will say, if you're a podcast fan, please listen to mine and my friend James's podcast called "Is This Enough?" It's a game show podcast. Uh, it's on all your platforms. Uh, it's basically, I, I mean, the soft pitch that I try and I should stop using is is us trying our hardest not to rip off shooting stars whilst entirely ripping off shooting stars but like it's just us asking each other dumb questions that we've made up ourselves like who said this is it Liz Truss or a big red bus (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bus 
which is of course Liz Truss and like just we did a round I did a round which is like what have I death metaled where I just death metaled advert jingles and you have to guess what that is that's not really serious, um, and yeah um, we're having a great time doing it it's a lot of fun uh, I stream Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday from 11.30 till 1.30 on Twitch at David Hort LOL which is also my handle on Instagram Facebook uh, yeah and um, if you like musical comedy albums I've got albums on Spotify and all the other stream platforms and if you like instrumental music I told you I've got lots to plug I'm sorry no, <laughs> I, I feel like instrumental music I make beats and ambient music uh, under the name Branching Audio um, so there's a variety of stuff that you can choose to ignore or have a nice time with. Um, this has been delightful I'm sorry I feel like I waffled way more than I could have done that's alright that's alright uh, yeah, well, thank you very much. And that is it for episode 79 of Mixed David and NT. Thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, David plugged a lot of stuff there, so um, all I say on that is just all the links are in the description of the podcast. Please go and follow him wherever you can. Um, and yeah, if, if you can contribute financially to any of his endeavors, please do that as well and support local artists. Um, if you like this show and you want to support it um, you can do that financially with a coffee link set up so uh, again description of the podcast um, so a couple quid or a couple bucks for an episode that you've enjoyed that would be much appreciated um, if you're not in a position to do that um, would also appreciate support in other ways tell your friends uh, share it on social media rate and review the podcast wherever you can all that good stuff it all helps it all contributes to um algorithms and getting more people listening and that in turn keeps the show going and keeps me getting bigger and better guests so it is appreciated i will be back next week for episode 80 um so in the meantime look after yourselves and we'll speak to you then